right. Good evening, church. How are we doing? Good, good, good. It's so good to see you tonight. Um, my name's Buck Benton. I'm the campus pastor here at our church. Uh, if it's your first time here, I just want to say welcome. I hope you feel welcome. Uh, we get really excited about a couple things. One of those is Jesus. Uh, he is the reason we do what we do. And the second thing is new people come to our church. See, we exist for one reason. That's to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And you'll hear that over and over and over again. Um, one, one thing, and I, I've just got to share it. And before uh, God called me to this place, I, I, I made it a point that I'll always share uh, my heart. So um, I hope you enjoyed worship as much as I did. Most of the time, uh, I'm the guy that's like bouncing around like a crazy person. Like right here, you'll see my hands and arms do things. Like I love to enjoy worship. And, uh, and this afternoon, um, as it was getting ready to get started, I was back in my, my little, it's not my office, but my little room back here. And, uh, and I was just spending some time with God and, and uh, he just wouldn't let me move. And um, I just want to confess, sometimes I forget just how beautiful and how awesome it is just to experience the presence of God, to be still and to hear him. I love that song so much, Holy Spirit. And uh, I want to tell you something, that, that following Jesus is just as simple as that. So many times I'm such a goal-oriented person and I know what God's spoken to my heart to do here and what God's gonna do here and we're in the first stages of it and I believe that something's gonna happen here that, uh, that people aren't gonna believe and I've already spoke that in the being. But one thing it'll never be, it'll be just as simple as waking up, hearing from God and trying to do what he says. And, uh, and it's just that simple. And for me, sometimes I make it so complicated uh, that, that I try and uh, just do everything all at once. And God's just like, hey, just enjoy me. Listen to me. Let me speak to you. Let me minister to you for a little while. And so I, I know you couldn't see me, but I was back there just having a sweet time with the Lord. And, uh, and let me just say, can I tell you I'm excited to preach tonight? Is that all right? Like I'm really juiced up. So uh, I hope you're juiced up and I'm ready to go. I believe God's gonna do something really awesome tonight. Um, it's kind of been on my heart, and I feel like he's kind of confirming that. Uh, so I, I want to I pray real quick, and then uh, we're going to dive into his word, okay? Let's pray. God, I love you so much. I just thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. God, that I don't have to perform to be loved by you. God, you sent Jesus to the cross to tell me that I'm loved. God, that you care for me. God, that you wanted to save me. God, I know how messed up I've been. God, I know the things I've done. God, I know the things I battle with and struggle with. Lord, just the struggle to, to accomplish all these things you've set out. And God, just to try and fight and grip my teeth and get there. And God, I pray that it would be just as simple as waking up and experiencing the power and presence of God every day. Alone in a room, just hearing from you, God, and reading your word and learning more about you. God, that's what it's about. It's not about anything we do, rather it's about waking up and hearing from you. Lord, you are the author of all things. God, you're the designer of this world, Lord. And yet you know the hairs on my head right now. God, you knew these words I would speak before they came to being. God, I pray right now in this time that you would just allow me to speak with power. God, that you would help me to speak your word uh, with truth and grace. And God, it would fall on good soul, Lord. It's good seed. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to take our next step, whether it be our first step. God, whether we've been following you and Lord, we veered off the path or rather we got no idea what it looks like to have a growing relationship with Christ. God, I pray that you would just speak to us in a powerful way. God, we love you and we thank you. In thy name, amen. Amen. All right. If you got your Bibles, will you go ahead and turn to uh, John chapter 14? We're going to start out real quick. I kind of want to share uh, just something on my heart before we dive in to our heart and soul material uh, week number three. But, um, but how many of you have ever been in the place where you feel like life is just a straight rut? Like it is a 
wake up, super monotonous routine. Like I rush around, I get my work done, try and get my work done on time. Uh, I go and pick up the kids or, or, or I go and take care of my spouse or um, I just accomplish these little tasks every day and then I sleep and I go to bed again, right? Has anybody ever been there that it feels like you wake up and I'm, a, I'm gonna be 30 this year and that's hard to, to, to deal with. It really is, I'll be honest with you. Um, but if you ever woke up at this amount and you're like, is there something more to this life? Like, is, it, is, is life really about waking up and then going back to bed? Is it about uh, accomplishing these tasks at work? You ever feel like you're just fighting uphill, like you're swimming upstream, like you're going hard as you can go and you never get one step farther? You ever woke up and experienced that in life that you're like, I'm, I probably experienced more life on this end than I've got in front of me, that I'll, I'm not gonna live for forever? And so I don't, I don't know if you've been in that place, but I know I have, and I wanna tell you something. God didn't design this life to be monotonous. He didn't design it to be something we get through. He, just, he designed this uh, life to be experienced by him and to be lived with incredible purpose and intent to live a life that matters. God doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want monotony for you. He doesn't want you to just walk through life aimlessly with no purpose, no intent. God uh, designed you and he created you to know him and he wants you to have an incredible life, okay? It's not about monotony. It's not about waking up and trying to do our best. We don't want to live a good life. God, praise you. Don't let me live a good life, a normal life. God, I wanna be the kind of person. God, I wanna live the life that I experience you and I live it with incredible intent. And he wants that for you. And so I'm speaking to that person and I wanna share um, just a passage real quick. This is John 14, 12 through 14. This is Jesus's words. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. If you know anything about Jesus, he, he flipped the world upside down with what he did. It says, and they will do even greater, even greater things, greater things than these, because I am going to the Father and he's gonna leave us the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Understand this, there is power uh, in understanding the presence of God, that God will do whatever we ask in his Son name that glorifies the Father, that's anything. And some of you are like, man, I read that text and what's the gimmick? Because there's not three Lamborghinis in my car lot, right? Y'all with me? Y'all ever read that and said, well, God, I've, you know, Lamborghini, Jesus name, amen, let's see if it's true, right? Don't make me look stupid, you know you've done it. Um, but understand this, verse 13, I will do whatever you ask me so that the Father may be glorified. And what I would say with that is this, is once Jesus gets our heart, y'all, what we pray for is gonna radically change, okay? And God says he wants us to experience power, so I don't know if you're, you're in this place or not, but uh, I wanna tell a quick story of the prophet Elisha in the Old Testament. I don't know how familiar you are with Elisha, but let me tell you what Elisha did. He stared at an oxen's butt all day, all right? So if you think your job's bad, you're tired of going to your cubicle, imagine plowing a field looking at a, a you know, and he's gotta, he's gotta dump at least a couple times a day, right? Like, that's your job, that's your nine to five. You get up and you look at an ox's butt all day, all right? The prophet Elisha. All right, so he's sitting there and you know, he's kind of getting that check mark. He's going through life, kind of hitting the check marks, doing his thing. And then God tells his predecessor, the prophet Elijah with a J 
and he says, I want you to anoint Elisha. I've got things for him to do. And so God took a, a, a guy, a farmer, a guy that literally looked at an ox's butt all day. God anointed him and he became one of the greatest prophets we see in the Old Testament. But where did his journey start? By plowing the oxen, right? By plowing the oxen, doing the day-to-day. I wanna tell you something. God has got incredible things for you to do. He wants you to experience his power and he wants to use you, okay? I say that with confidence. You know why I can say that with confidence? Because he wants to use an idiot like me, all right? Five foot seven, tons of issues, had a ton of stuff up in my life and God just came and he said, hey, if you'll just embrace me, if you'll let me be Lord, if you'll trust me, watch what I'm gonna do with you. Me? Yes, you, right? And I wanna tell you something, every person in here, no matter what you walked in with, whatever kind of baggage you've rolled in, whatever you've been dealing with, I wanna tell you something, God's not caught off guard by it, nor can he not fix it and use you exactly where you're at, okay? I wanna tell you that. And so I wanna tell you something, if you've been stuck in the rut like the prophet Elisha, I pray that the day God would change that for his glory, all right? So that's the preface of what we're talking about. If you've got your booklets, and I hope you do, if you're new here, uh, I pray you grab one on the way out. We, uh, we, we uh, film all of our podcasts. I'm sorry, we record them. So you can go online and check those out and we'll catch you up. We're in week three of our series, Heart and Soul, and we'll be finishing up next week. And I just wanna say, don't miss it. It's gonna be an incredible treat, okay? We're gonna have a little cool something at the end. Make sure you invite a friend and come see us next week, okay? So session three, you can go ahead and turn. And the the question is this, how do I spend time with God? All right, how do I spend time with God? So I wanna tell you something and I wanna wanna share real quick my thoughts on on church and sometimes the, the rut we get in. Just like Moses in the Old Testament, imagine going up on a mountain, all right? Climbing, scaling a mountain and hearing from God, like audibly hearing from the God of the universe, God speaking to Moses, him having God's words and commands on tablets and walking down the mountain to share them with the people of God, with the Jewish people, okay? Imagine going up the mountain and actually hearing the presence of God, the God, the author of all things. I want you to hear this, and if you got some room in your notes, I want you to write this down. We serve the same God, all right? We serve the same God, And that same voice is available to us. We serve the same God and the same voice is available to us. And this is the one thing I want you to know, that I love to share the word of God and I love to do this. But tonight, I don't want you to come to hear about my journey up the mountain, all right? I feel like so many places, so many times that uh, our journey with God is uh, an hour on Sunday to hear what this guy says about his journey up the mountain. What I wanna do is point you to the place and get you to the place where you begin to take your own journey up the mountain. Hear that again. I want you to get your own journey up the mountain that the God of the universe wants to speak to you and he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. I want you to begin your journey up the mountain because here's the thing. I know God can do greater things with you And imagine if it's a room full of people, these 50, united around the power and the beauty of the gospel, set on fire with the mission of God going out into this community. What's this gonna look like? When we all, every week, every day, we go up and we hear from God, we go take our own journey up the mountain, right? It's better than the ox you've been looking at, I promise. It's better than the ox you've been looking at. So here's the thing. I want us to look at it and we're gonna talk about how to spend time with God. And I want you to write this down in your notes before we get going. We haven't answered any blanks yet. Jesus is the on-ramp 
to a relationship with God. Hear that again. To go up the mountain, Jesus is the own ramp. And here's the thing, that first step is to trust Christ as Lord. And if Christ is not there as Lord, this will be largely, uh, it's not gonna make a lot of sense. In fact, you're probably gonna think I'm a kook, all right? And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not. But it's gonna sound like crazy stuff, but the own ramp to going up the mountain is uh, a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the own ramp. You'll hear this over and over and over again. Without Jesus, uh, a relationship with God makes no sense, okay, with Jesus. So here we go. Consider these three things when spending time with God. Number one is this. It looks different for everyone. First blank, it looks different for everyone. I wish I could give you an ABC. If you get 10 minutes in prayer, five minutes in the Bible, if you start in the book of John, you're gonna have a bomb relationship with God, man. You're gonna kill it. You're gonna be an all-star with the Lord. Doesn't work that way. It looks different for everyone, there's no perfect method to spending time with God. Now this one I love, check this out. The purpose for spending time with God is transformation, okay? Hear this again. The purpose for spending time with God is transformation. How many of you have spent time with God to feel good about it? Be honest, go, hands better go up. Y'all crazy, there you go, appreciate you, all right? Understand that going to the word of God is not for you. It's for God first and he wants to speak to you. He wants to shape and mold you. He wants to change you. It's for transformation, all right? Not something that should be done, but rather God wants it to be awesome for you, okay? God wants to speak to you. It's for transformation. And here's the third, the third thing right here. It's necessary. It's necessary. It's how we learn what the heck we're doing. Okay, And one thing we pray and we don't work this way as a church is that we exist to connect people to a growing relationship with Christ. We don't want you to make a decision then give you the old butt tap. Hey, good luck, buddy. All right, good luck on this Jesus thing, you know? All right, I'm not gonna call anything out. I've seen it before, right? We're not gonna give the butt tap method, but rather we wanna plug you in with people that wanna walk with you that, are not, that don't have this thing figured out, that wanna walk with you and help you uh, get connected to a growing relationship with Christ. And one thing is this, it's absolutely necessary to spend time with God. We don't hear from God any other way than to spend time with him, all right? So three things uh, spending time with God includes. Number one is this, intentionally get alone. Intentionally get alone. Very, very difficult uh, to hear from God, and I don't know if y'all figured this out or not, I, I struggle with this, uh, this disease. Um, it's called attention deficit disorder. Y'all familiar with it, right? Y'all probably seen it from the six miles I've walked up and down this stage in the seven weeks we preached. Um, but one thing is this, I know that if I'm not a, away from everything and things are shut off, I'm gonna have a hard time hearing from God. Second thing is this, it must be centered on God's word. All right, Oprah's cool, Dr. Phil's smart, not gonna change your life, okay? Hear that again, it must be centered on God's word. And the third thing is this, intimate relational prayer. Can't wait to talk about that one, intimate relational prayer. Three things in spending time with God, that's what it's gonna look like. We're gonna dive into these uh, a little bit more um, coming up. So first is intentional alone time. I would encourage you to find your place, okay? Find your place. Where do I hear from God the most? Where's kind of my place where I can really turn it off and focus? Where's the place where uh, I focus on the Lord the best? Where did I feel like I heard from him? And I want to tell this story uh, real quick for me. Um, I was a wrestling coach before God called me in the ministry, all right? And I wasn't the, 
just kind of do it type. Like it was kind of like it kind of consumed me. You can ask uh, Coach Hightower right here. He and I coached together. It was a lot of uh, a lot of my life, a big piece of it. I put a lot into it, and I'll never forget. Um, when God started telling me, hey, son, I want you to plant this church. Like, I want you to leave everything you're doing. I want you to leave wrestling for forever. I want you to leave this, and I've got a church for you to plant. I've got something I want you to do. And, and I'll never forget it. I just came off the worst state tournament of my life. Like, as a coach, it was pathetic. We placed one person out of 14 weight classes. Pathetic. I mean, I was, I was hurting. I literally went to Waffle House and I ordered a steak, all right? Like, who orders a steak from Waffle House? And the sucker, the sucker tasted like rubber and I was like, I deserve this. I deserve every bite. I just ate it and just gnawing on it and I deserve it. Like, I deserve this. And I, I was just at my lowest of low. I'll never forget, five o'clock in the morning, I had to be at work at seven. And I would literally sit on the edge of my couch and I, I would just wrestle with God. Like, I, I would just wrestle. I'm like, the enemy would tell me, what a, what a sorry loser. You're going to go out on this sport. Out of all you put in it, you're going out like this. You're going to leave this sport. All these people think you're horrible. You're a terrible coach. You're going to leave like this. You're going to leave, leave this sport. And I remember just, just getting on my knees and saying, God, like, is this what you want me to do? God, I'm in my dream job. Like, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. God, I'm, at, I'm, like, I'm like doing, I'm assistant principal at the school. I'm a wrestling coach of a team that's a successful program. Like, God, and I just remember just sitting in my spot every morning, me and him would meet up. And y'all, no lie, it was the craziest thing ever. People would text me at 5.30 and say, God put you on my heart, I'm praying for you, brother. I don't know what God's doing with you, but he puts you on my heart. I mean, it happened like three, four, five mornings in a row. Craziest experience in my life. Like craziness. And, and God was just telling me over and over, trust what you heard in the light. It's just as true in the dark. Trust what I told you in the light. It's just as true in the dark. And God, I took that step, turned in my resignation, and I've seen God do more than I ever thought he'd see in this life, than I'd see. I did. But I, I say all that to say this, find the spot because what it became was an awesome experience that I knew I was going to come into the presence of God in the morning time. I knew that I was going to come and I was going to hear from God. And I was in such a, a crazy time in my life that I needed to hear from God. So I encourage you, start having a routine and find your place that you'd hear from God. Second thing is this, eliminate distractions. Eliminate distractions. I appreciate uh, Apple and all they've done for our society, but y'all, that enemy uses that iPhone, man. Y'all figured that out yet? That enemy uses that iPhone. And I'm the world's worst. I'll be the first to tell you, man. I'm the guy that got to check all the notifications right when I get them. Like if I get the text message, I'm not the guy that can like think about what it is. Like I got to know who it is. And then I'm not the guy that can text them back later. Like I shoot them a text back right then. And so I'm in there, man, me and God are jamming to like uh, some Bethel or something. And then text message comes up, I think about four things I got to do, crush my time with God, right? Eliminate distractions. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody, but I know this is how it is for me. Constantly ask yourself, what is robbing me from my alone time with God? How many of you have ever said, how many of you are thinking right now, I'd love to spend time with God, but I, I don't have time, right? That's a thought. I want you to think about this. Change my life because I used to think the same way. Think about your time. We get 168 hours every week, okay? Now go ahead and think about your schedule. It's 168 hours. Plug in your work hours, plug in your sleep hours. And then after that, I want you to think about this. You schedule what you value, okay? Think about what you value. Put it in order. You schedule what you value. And this is what I know about time. I find it. 
I always guard what I value. In fact, I would write that, I would say with time, write it in the notes, you guard what you value. Hear that again, you guard what you value. For instance, there was a while, me and Carly, we used to watch an episode of 24 every night, right? You remember, young, single, you know the deal, right? We are just newly married. And in fact, uh, then, then I wanted to watch like some, uh, what was the show I liked so good? Uh, Criminal Minds, y'all ever seen that? Well, Carly's the biggest scaredy cat ever, my wife. So we had to throw that one out. So we started watching Everybody Loves Raymond. Like every night, like that was our time. Like we were gonna let it, we were gonna watch Everybody Loves Raymond. Like that was guarded time. That's what her and I did every night. And here's the deal. Where does the Lord fall in our list of values, okay? Because what I found is that I guard what I value. So I go ahead and set aside time for the Lord in your schedule and guard it. Because I promise you, the enemy's gonna come after it, right? That's the last thing the enemy wants is for you to hear from God, the absolute last. So you guard what you value, okay? Remember, knowing Christ is the own ramp. Knowing Christ is the own ramp to a relationship with the Lord. So last thing, in the gray down here, ask yourself this question. Is my public passion, what I show people, is my public passion exceeding my private devotion? Hear that one more time. Does my public passion exceed my private devotion? I love this one. This is fun, right? You know, like when we're out in public, like when we're with people and we're like the church people, what do we got to show our people? Because my junk don't stink, right? Like I got this thing together. Man, my kids are awesome. They made like three 108s this week. Um, my, my daughter goes to bed at 7.30, slept like 18 hours. It was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I woke up and I cooked my wife's seven course breakfast. You know, we're, we're pretty much killing it in our marriage. Like we're murdering it. In fact, you should come watch us and learn, right? And uh, like, like I went to church, like I went to like three services this week. Like they've got them all over the place and like I'm, I'm pretty much killing it, right? But we know on the inside, what's the real deal? We're falling apart, we're in shambles. We're in shambles and we guard that. We don't want people to know what's really going on in here. And God designed it just the opposite. Here's the deal, wake up and be you, okay? God designed you to be you. You know that, right? He just designed you to be you with Christ in his heart, in your heart. Okay, wake up and be you, all right? I love it. And here's the deal. Like, don't try and be anything different for anyone else. Start spending time with God and watch what starts happening. Just the opposite effect. He's gonna start transforming your heart and all of a sudden this is gonna change. Don't start from the outside and work your way in, but rather give God a blank slate. Let him start in your heart and watch the overflow of your heart be a beautiful thing that he desires, all right? I love that. I could preach on that for days because I grew up with just the opposite. I grew up uh, that I had to guard my image. I had to guard my image. Well, we're the good people. You're the good person. I got to guard my image. And I was, and to be honest with you, I didn't give a rip about God or spending time with him. I didn't even know where you could find Genesis, right? But I guarded it. I guarded that. But God says, no, I want you to, I want to know you. What are you doing with me when you're alone? Let it start with me and you, all right? Don't worry about these other people. It's just like when I was back here before I came out on stage, like I was thinking about, golly, man, God, I know what you told me to do with this church. I wonder what it looks like out there. I wonder if they're worshiping. And God's like, cause it ain't got, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to be with me and you. And will you be obedient to preach my word? To two people or 2000, are you gonna share, are you gonna share what I put in your heart? Is it about them or is it about me and you, right? And it will always be about Christ. It's just that simple. And, and I love it. So I asked you that question. Is my public passion exceeding my private devotion? Second thing I would say is this. 
God's word is central. God's word is central. Like I said, love Dr. Phil to death. Don't watch him for 10 minutes and say, I got this thing, right? You know, Oprah Winfrey. God's word is this, and I wanna talk about it, why it's so important. Number one, understand that the Holy Spirit brings a desire to know God. The Holy Spirit, we talked about it a little bit last week, when we trust Christ with our life, God knew we couldn't live out a growing great relationship with life on our own. He deposited the Holy Spirit. That's the helper, the counselor. That's the power of God. He deposits it in us. That's the Holy Spirit. You can read the scripture up underneath to talk about it, to tell you what it's about. Number two, understand, I'll give you a second to flip the page. My students used to get on to me when I was a U.S. history teacher because I would just fly through the stuff like, coach, we can't take notes. Anyway, had a flashback. All right, number two, Understand the importance of God's word. This is, this is huge. Understand the importance of God's word. This Bible we're looking at right here, and one, I pray you, you take time to look at the scriptures underneath that I'm not just like making crap up up here, all right? Like this is what we will preach every week, and this is why. First blank, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Understand this. See the Bible this way. God's the author, he wrote it all, all right? And he used men, that was like the pen that wrote it. Understand that, like God inspired and spoke to men through the power of the Holy Spirit and wrote down 66 books from God to you and I, okay? It is the inspired word of God. Second Timothy would say, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. That is what the Bible is, okay? Now, second blank, it's God's word to you. It's God's word to you. Think about it like this, and I shared this a couple weeks ago. Think of it as a love letter from your father, okay? A love letter from your father. He already knows you, okay? Ephesians 2.10 says he created us in advance. Uh, Psalm would say this, that he uh, knit us together in our mother's womb, that he knows us, he knows the hairs on our head, God already knows you. He gave you the Bible because he wants you to know him, okay? Hear that again. He's known you since you got here. He knew you before you got here. Uh, he's gonna know you when your time's done here. He's gonna meet you, okay? Here's the thing. He said that I already know you. I want you to know me, and this is how you'll do it. Here's 66 books for you. And so in, in light of that, let's talk about four ways to approach God's word. Number one, humbly. I don't know, I'm not the smartest guy that, that ever walked the earth. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Don't ask my wife, she might give you some more information on that. Um, but think about this. The, the guy that put the sun, the moon, the stars, and the universe into being, that created me, he knows more than I do, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? In believing that God is who he says he is, we approach his word humbly to say, the creator of the universe, I submit and I, I submit to it like he knows more than I do. Number one is humbly. Number two is reverently, reverently. That there's reverence to know that the God of the universe wrote down words for me, that we see it in reverence, that it's holy, that it has power, that it's, it, it has power with it. Third thing is this submissively. When I read it, does it have authority? Or do I have authority? Think about it. The God of the universe, does he know more? Is he, is, are the keys better in his hands or in my hands, right? So we submit to the word of God. We come to it submissively. Um, 
What he says has more authority. I would write this in the notes. What he says has more authority than what I think. Woo, right? What he says has more authority than what I think. His words have more weight than my emotions. His, his words have more authority than anything I could think. I think that's very important. The creator of the universe is trying to speak to me. You can turn the page. Number four is this. Now, this is the good part, right? Not to get drastic, but we approach it joyfully. We approach it joyfully. Here's the deal. Listening to God, learning to read his, reading the Bible, listening to God and doing what he says, you know why I can tell you it's gonna be joyful? Because it's what we were created to do, right? I can say that with confidence in that it's gonna be awesome if you trust Christ and follow the Lord. It's gonna be awesome because it was what we were created and designed to do that there would be joy in following the Lord, all right? So those are four ways to read and approach the Bible. Three ways to read it now. Number one, just read it leisurely, all right? Pick it up, check it out. Uh, how many guys, like you're, you're kind of on the Braveheart side of things? Like you love, like anybody like Braveheart in here? Any dudes? Yeah, y'all turn to Joshua, man. That junk's out of control, dude. God, God tells Joshua, all right, I want you to go across this river and you see all these dudes, wipe them out, all right? I mean, it's great. And you get to watch God's power, like moving his people to take the promised land. It's awesome. Just find books and ask somebody like, hey, what's a good book to start? Read it leisurely. Second thing is this, just to study it. Number two, study it. We got any analyzers or skeptics in here? I met with a guy for breakfast this past week and, uh, and I love it. He's just got a real analytical mind. So he came and like, he just asked questions like, hey man, is this thing legit or not? And, uh, and I love that. So I just encouraged him to study it. So maybe uh, another way to read the Bible is just to study it. Third thing is this, meditate and memorize it. Meditate and memorize it. And we'll talk about why that is a little bit down the line, but there's three ways to approach the Bible or read it. And uh, it's those three. Number three is this, understand why we study the Bible. Now, this is, this is good stuff. Uh, understand why we study the Bible. Your intention, your intention, and if I'm going too fast, I'll say slow down. In studying and reading God's word is to know God, all right? Your intention in studying and reading God's word is to know God, not just to gain intellectual knowledge. Not just to gain intellectual knowledge. I wanna tell you something. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you real quick. If you come to one of our connect groups, okay? And I pray you have. If you haven't, get signed up before you leave. It's gonna be awesome. Mine's, uh, we, we just started one, me and my wife. We're pretty jacked about it. It's gonna be the best one we've ever had, okay? Um, I see uh, Josh and Thomas are like, tell them to sign up for ours. Ours is awesome. I see them back there. I saw you. Anyway, um, if you go to one of our connect groups and some cat is sitting there with the Bible open and he's just telling you how much he knows for an hour, Shoot me a text, 912-293-5561, and I will double leg that fool, man. I'm a wrestling coach. I will take that fool out, all right? I'm not scared, okay? Understand this, that we don't read the Bible to, to get intellectual knowledge. We don't read it to show someone how much we know about it, like it makes us awesome or something, right? In fact, the people I've learned in my life that read it and have been transformed by God, like they, they're not gonna let you know how much they've read it, but all of a sudden you start spending a little time with them you know they know that joker backwards and forwards by how they live their life. They don't have to say a word. Understand, we don't read the Bible uh, to get intellectual knowledge. We read it to know God, to learn more about God. Like, God, what am I supposed to do? 
right? We read it to learn from God. And if you join a group, that's what it looks like is that we will, all of us wanna be on the same page that we wanna learn and hear from God and we wanna be transformed by the Bible, all right? We wanna know God. Knowing God's word through his word leads us to two things. Number one is this, it's worship. It's worship. And we can't worship what you don't know, Woo, right? You can't worship what you don't know. That's why the Bible's so important in learning it. That coming in and raising your hands, like I wouldn't raise my hands and pray something like I don't know, right? Uh, worship is a response uh, because that's how we learn, how we know God. What, you can't worship what you don't know. Number two is this, repentance. Repentance. I'm gonna read at the bottom right here, Acts 3, 19 through 20. Repent therefore and turn again from your sins that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That when we spend time with God, let me tell you something. You're gonna read and you're gonna be like, dang, I messed up again. Oh man, I didn't know that. I've got to, God's speaking this into my life. I've got to turn from this. Understand that repentance is gonna be a response to reading the Bible. I don't want you to read it. You're not gonna read that thing, especially if you've never really read it before and just gonna hear a bunch of stuff like, dude, I'm killing it. Like I am murdering life, like I am awesome, okay? In fact, I read up and I pick this thing and right when I think I'm doing good, I'm like, Callie, I am so far away. God has got so much to do with me. God, I know what you want me to do. Lord, help me to be a better pastor, a leader, a servant of my wife, a leader of my children. God, do something in me. So understand repentance will be a response to reading the Bible. Number four, I didn't skip any, nope. Uh, number four, understand how to study the Bible. We'll go through these pretty quick. Dangerous approaches to studying the Bible. Number one, too emotional, all right? I can always study how good girls' small groups are by how many people cried, right? I can always, it's always the measuring stick. I learned it really early. My mom would go to Sunday school. She'd come out, look like she just watched the soap opera. I'm like, that a good one. Killed it, smashed it, all right? Don't go to the Bible and say, where can I find something that feels right to me, okay? Don't come like, because one time you're gonna hear from God and you're gonna cry and it's gonna like speak into your heart. But then from there on, it's not like, hey, if I don't cry and hear from God, like it didn't work. It doesn't work that way, okay? God speaks when he does, but understand it's not chasing an emotional feeling, okay? It's coming to know God. Don't be too emotional, all right? Um, number two, too spiritual. So what deep hidden meaning is there for me? I've met with people, y'all, it, it, it blow your mind. They're like, man, I've been praying about this girl, this girl I've been wanting to date. Man, I've just, golly, she's so hot. Like I want to date her. Anyway, well, I woke up this morning and I looked and my Fruit Loops were assembled in a heart shape, right? They were, dude, it, it, I think I've got to ask her out. That's it. God wants us to marry. I'm like, dude, you got to get some game before you get her, all right? But listen, don't come to the Bible looking to find like, you're going to come out and this sky is going to say, hey, you need to take this job, Right? It's not how God works. Don't come to it too spiritual. Like, is there something up underneath the text? Don't be that guy, all right? Number three, too superficial. What does this mean to me? I bet y'all have never heard Philippians 4, 13, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, I heard that before every football game, right? And if it's true, like, I should have went 10 and 0, okay? Three of those games, we got our butts kicked, all right? So is God's word not true? no. It wasn't that it was applying to my football game, but rather when Paul writes this, he is in prison, like at the end, getting toward the end of his life. And he says, I have learned whether I have like a plenty 
or whether I'm locked in this jail cell, I'm okay, all right? I've learned that I can live without it. So the context is so important that it's not written for your situation, it's written for you to know their situation and learn from it, all right? Context, 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 context. Can't say that enough. The Bible is written to a specific person, by a specific person to a specific audience. The authors are writing to specific people, okay? There's situations involved in every book. And we're gonna skip the second part, but I want you to star and highlight two things, the A and the L. If you've never studied the Bible before, if you've never like gotten serious about it, and it's okay, you don't have to pretend to, I promise, all right? Um, I didn't start studying the Bible um, like every day and like wanting to hear from God only a couple years ago. So, number one, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Star highlight that. Ask God to help you. God, I don't know what the heck I'm reading. Help me, okay? And the second thing, star highlight, learn the background. Can't say it enough. Go to Google, book of Joshua or the book of John, What's it about? Google it, all right? We got Google. I do that. Before I read a book of the Bible, I Google what it's about, okay? Like throw something at me if you want. That's what I do, okay? Understand, ask, learn, and then the third thing, I would write this in the notes, find someone to study it with. Find someone to study it with, okay? Someone that you know you can learn from, find them, use them, okay? Number two, you can turn the page. Study small sections of scripture at a time. Then number five, it is okay not to understand everything. Understand it's a growing process. You're not gonna get it overnight, okay? You're gonna get better just like anything else you do in your life. You just start somewhere. Whether it's reading the three verses in John, John one. In fact, if you're looking for a book to start with, I would get with somebody you know, John chapter one. The book of John, the gospel of John. Note that Jesus is awesome in there. He's awesome in every book, but he's really awesome in John, okay? Number two, be diligent. Start somewhere, be diligent. Start a small routine, be diligent. Start somewhere. And number three, remember, you have the spirit in you to guide you. If you know Christ is Lord of your life, you have the spirit to help you, to guide you along the way. And then the last thing, intimate relational prayer. As we get ready to close this thing up, Remember, it's a two-sided relationship. It's a two-sided relationship. The God of the universe, two things. Not only if we know Christ, does he hear our prayers, but he responds. That's crazy. Like, it is two-sided. Like, it is not an endless, like, Kylie, I'm gonna throw my prayers up and kind of hope he hears some of them. And like, he's this far-off character. Listen, he's in and around your life every day. It's a relationship. It is a two-sided relationship. Number one, talk to God. You don't have to make up this beautiful prayer. Whatever's in your heart, share it with your father. That's who he is. He's a good, good father. John chapter, I believe it's chapter 14. He says uh, that I'm a good father. Like I wanna give good gifts to my children. Like he's a good father. Just talk to him. Next thing, this is the hard part. This is one I have a hard time doing. Listen and allow him to answer through his word. Listen. See what he's speaking into your life. Just listen. And it's, it's not gonna be audible, but it's gonna be something that stirs your heart and you're gonna know it's coming from the Father. Three, don't always think God has the answer in extravagant ways. It may be subtle. And, and a lot of times, y'all, anytime I've ever had to take a step of faith, like I never knew that was the exact footprint I was supposed to step into. Like God prompted me, he prompted me through his word. He gave godly counsel to kind of help me do it. But at the end of the day, 
you gotta take that step, that step of faith. And well, a lot of times I've found when I've taken that step and I've landed, that's when I've seen God around me. If you're pursuing Christ with everything you have, trust that he will not lead you astray. If you're pursuing Christ with everything you have, trust he will not lead you astray. Four things with journaling. This is gonna be really fast. Write out your prayers. If you have a hard time focusing, write them out. And I would, I would star highlight people you're praying for because when God answers that prayer, go back and check it off the list. It would blow your mind. I've got a, what I call a hit list people I'm praying for. It would blow your mind. Absolutely blow your mind. All right? People I'm praying for, write down your prayers. Ask God, what are you praying for? If it starts with you, let him change your life and then start praying for others. Second, write out scriptures if you need to help remember it. Third thing, thoughts. Write out thoughts. So prayers, scripture, thoughts. Then lastly, take your time. It's a process. You don't have to figure it out in your first sitting. It's a process. Could I share my heart a minute? That'd be okay before we pray, if we have this last song. Um, Y'all, the whole reason I'm here the whole reason we planted this church and the whole reason, I just want to share what we're here to do. It's, it's very simple. Um, what I started finding in my life, like I, I look out and I don't know if you're looking at the same world I am, but it looks like I see nothing but hurt and division out there. I see, I look in our community and I see problems everywhere. I see division. I see schools that are failing. I see kids that are hurting. I see marriages that are falling apart. I see all this stuff and sometimes it looks like there's nothing but problems and no answers. And this is what I know without the shadow of a doubt in the deepest part of my heart, a foundation set on Christ is the answer. Every single problem out there. It's a foundation set on Jesus Christ. And I wanna tell you something, it wasn't until two years ago that I made Christ the foundation of my marriage and it started working. It's like, man, this is crazy. Then God told me to take in two teenagers, okay? I got no clue what to do with that. First time we sat down and we started laying out how it was gonna work, I said, y'all, we got no clue what we're doing. We're gonna make Christ the foundation. He put it together, it works. Started putting Christ in every area of my life and what I found is that He's the answer in every one. Everything you're struggling with, every problem you've got, Christ is the answer. He's the foundation. Y'all, it's like a, this big problem that's out there and we've all got the solution. God says He is who He says He is. Y'all, we're experiencing a fallout of the last generation. If you grew up in a home where Christ was, uh, where Jesus was an hour on Sunday and it was an awkward topic at home, I apologize. I've been there, all right? Understand that Christ was the design. He was the foundation of what we were supposed to be set on. Parents, our most important disciples in this life, they live underneath our roof. Men, your most important ministry, she lays beside you at night. That's the design. God called us to love our wives like Christ loved the church. Women, it, it, it told us that we're to submit to our husbands and that we're to train our child up in the way of the Lord. Don't let Jesus be awkward at home. Don't let it be a topic that's awkward at home. So we're here, I believe we're here to do a new thing at this church, all right? That the buck stops with us. That we've had generations where Christ is just an awkward topic in the Bible Belt. I believe that we're here to do a new thing, that the buck stops with this church, that we, we make Christ very relevant, not only here for an hour, but in every area of our lives, that Christ becomes the foundation of who we are. He gets his rightful place in our heart, that he is the foundation of what we are. That's not something we're trying to be. We step into it and say, messed up, broken, this is who I am. I'm in Jesus Christ, he's my Lord. I'm putting him at the foundation of all I am. 
See, here at our church, we're not preaching a new message. It may look different moving in. We're relying on everything. We're putting all our chips on the old message. The simplicity of the gospel. Christ Jesus crucified. We're a simple message. The most important thing in our lives, I pray it's not the most awkward thing anymore. Hear that one more time. The most important decision and situation in our life, I pray it's not the most awkward thing anymore. I pray you'd be honest about where you're at and that we would start cultivating that, that we are honest about where we're at, that we would see God move. See, if we wanna change the community, we have to live the community we wanna see around us. If we wanna see Christ at the foundation of the community, it starts with our home, it starts in our small group, it starts in our workplace, it starts in the community of Lawrence County. They've gotta see something different when they look in. It starts with Jesus Christ at the foundation of all we are. Gospel-centered community changes generations. I've seen it, I've seen it because I know it stopped with me. The buck stopped and said, nope, no more, I want Jesus. It's gonna be about Jesus, it's all about Christ. Gospel-centered community are gonna affect your grandchildren. It's gonna affect their friends. It's gonna affect this community hundreds and hundreds of years after we're gone. Our decisions we make for Christ now, it changes. It's gonna have implications you can't see yet. God wants to change communities. And here's the deal. If that's a big vision, if that's a big cast, I wanna tell you something. What I've learned in my life, Jesus Christ and the power and presence of God when we go up the mountain, that power overpowers any obstacle in our way. I've seen it firsthand. Nothing could stop the presence and power of God. And what I've learned is this, is when we take that faithful step to say, yep, we're in, I'm in. We leverage everything we have for the gospel. When we take that step and say, I'm in. Yep, that's just who I am. I choose Jesus. I choose Christ. When we take that faithful step, Everything we have, all of our friendships, our workplace, everything is leveraged for the glory of the gospel, that we know that this life is not meant to look at the, the oxen, but rather this life is meant to experience incredible power and presence, the presence of God. And what I would say, the answer, if you've never experienced it, what happens is it's a, it's a first step to say, God, I know you're stirring my heart right now. Like I know you're doing something in me. God, what do you want me to do? Just respond, just say, God, I'm in. I'm in, and we've got people that are gonna come around you. We're gonna support you. We're gonna walk with you. Uh, but here's the deal. This is what I know. If God's stirring your heart right now and you know that this sermon was for you because God put it deep in my heart, he put these things here, just, just take a step. Say, I'm in. I'd love to meet with you after the service. We'll pray with you. And we're gonna, we're gonna have a time here where we can respond. So I, I just pray that we would be that community, that the buck stops with us. Let's pray. God, I love you so much. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you give me the opportunity to share it. God, thank you for what you've done in my heart. God, I just pray right now in this time that you would just, uh, you would just speak to hearts, Lord, that you would give us the faith and the obedience to respond. God, right now, I just feel prompted. I wanna ask if that's anybody here that wants to say, I'm in, to choose Jesus for the first time, that they know you started the work in their heart and they wanna respond. I'm just gonna ask that they lift their hand is that anybody here tonight? Is that anybody here? Amen. Praise God. God, we just give you great thanks for what you're doing. Lord, I know you're still working on hearts here. God, thank you for the miracle of salvation, Lord. God, I just pray for what you're doing right now. God, I know it's true because I feel it, Lord, and I love you and I thank you. God, I pray that we would just respond in the song. God, thank you for the miracle that is salvation.
God, we love you. I pray if there's any more here that they wouldn't leave here the same, God. They would leave here transformed by the beauty of the gospel. Lord, we love you and thank you. In thy name.